Yes, and welcome back to your weekly dose of good news, mind-boggling stories from history, and hopefully a few jokes in a way. It's with me, Callum, and you have joined the podcast called That's News to Me. Uh, Obviously, if you want your weekly dose of good news to turn into daily dose of good news, then all you have to do is follow us on our Instagram page. This week is a bit of a special episode uh by special i mean we're giving you less than more but uh, the reason why we're giving you a little bit less is because we want to give you more let's explain exactly what that means uh so we only have (laughs) what a complicated setup (laughs) (laughs) so we only have one story from buster this week and the reason why is because we took an executive decision to talk more about good news on this week's episode we have so many bits to talk about and there just was too much good stuff to leave out we did not want to just leave that to social media so we thought that we'd spend a little bit more time on that today and then just have one story from buster at the end so if you are heartless and you don't want to listen to the good news then i would skip halfway through this podcast and just listen to buster's lovely voice near the end but i'm sure you're here for the right reasons i want to hear more about the good news that's going on around the world we do have some brilliant piece of legislation and bills that are passing that's going to change a lot of people's lives but before that before that we must introduce the man that is with me today he is tall that's it, really. <laughs> I knew that was just good. Let me list all of his good qualities. <laughs> Above average height. <laughs> How are you doing today? Oh, all right, I'm good, thanks. Yeah, I've uh, been keeping busy. You know, still a little bit to go before we're all out, out and about. Oh, I've yes. been, uh, I've been, I've set up a sort of a new campaign as well. So, do you remember how we won the war on terror a little while ago? <laughs> the we war on terror. It. It's all what, done now. Yeah, when, when we grab all the terror. Yeah, put, go all the terror, sorted it out. And uh, I think it was so successful, we dealt with fear as well. So I've started a new war, and it's a war on surprise. Whoa! Just go down the next one down <laughs> on the ladder. That so is I've been a going surprise. On ter- that is a surprise yeah, that it you've is. gone there. That's why I'm telling people, because I don't want this to be even itself a surprise. Right. So I've been going on to Amazon and leaving reviews for loads of popular books with the ending ruined in the title, so no one's surprised anymore. And I've also set up a Jack in the Box amnesty as well. What, what's, what's your send best in their Jack in the Boxes to. Which your best I mean, so I could spoil some books here now. If we, Let's do it. If, that, if we could for Let's the most surprise if, thing. If you don't want your books to be ruined over the next uh, one and a half minutes, then I would skip ahead. But let's let's do this. Let's ruin some books for people. Okay, so Harry Potter, right? The whole way along, uh, he it turns out to be the, the, like the main character, Harry Potter, turns out to be a total prick. Wow, that even by the last book. You might as well not even read all all seven books now. Just 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 skip ahead. Just listen to that. That's that that sums it up in one sentence. Harry Potter, he's a prick. Any other Also another good one. There's a good film I can ruin for everybody. Do you remember the uh, the film The Sixth Sense? Sixth Sense, yeah. So that guy, the old guy walking around the whole time and he's mm. like all you know, confused and stuff. That's actually Bruce Willis the whole time. It's not some old guy. He just looks really old now. Get lost. Get out of there. Yeah. Did you know that's, that for you. Did you know that's Mark Wahlberg's brother right at the start? The guy in the bathroom? Was it uh, Don, Danny, Donnie Wahlberg? Yeah. yeah. Wally Wahlberg. Just, just he's, yeah, he's, he's a guy, isn't he? 
that's that's yeah that's i just found that interesting that a brother and two brothers are actors craziness i thought it was just mental and that's it for this week on that's news to me i hope you guys have learned (laughs) a lot this week uh but yeah well what we should do is we should be very very excited because by the time this is released you can go and meet someone in the park for with a beer just in time from another household from another household so you can't so brilliant well it's good news for some people some people it's not good news for the people that actually are thinking about other people's lives um but uh yeah very interesting you're very shy perhaps you don't want to meet other people in the park yeah but it's, it's just quite good news for some people maybe not everyone but you know it's quite nice that we actually may be in a position where we can go out and have a beer with someone happy days kick yeah. a ball around make some daisy chains be fun yeah, yeah. Uh, I think uh, I'm, I'm hoping this this won't be the start of a load of re reinfections of people and that, that people are going to be sort of sensible with it but mm. there was some, some early good news I heard today that the infection rates in over 85s has dropped by a massive amount because of the vaccination campaign even though there's a lot of them only received the first dose so far so I thought you were going to give us a number uh, there but uh <laughs> I think it's decreased by 70% I think right. the infection rate in the over 85s it's which is reduced great. by a lot so you can trust yeah. me there this week's numbers. episode sponsored by numbers <laughs> This week's episode sponsored by Parlour. Um, <laughs> it's not. We have no association with Parlour, and uh, we hope not. Oh, full disclosure: I get given a fair bit of money by Parlour to do this podcast. Oh, shit! Have, do you not have a sponsorship deal? Well, only by Osama bin Laden. It's been going for a while, though. Osama <laughs> bin Laden's bin liners—the best <laughs> bin liners that money can buy. <laughs> They're lardened with tougher stuff than normal <laughs> bin liners. Sam Bin Laden's Bacon Laden's. <laughs> he would taste like bacon. Me. He'd be really pissed off with you if you. He, he wouldn't about be a bacon. fan of that. He would not be happy. What about the Bacon Laden's? Ah, well, yeah, that turkey stuff. That turkey stuff. Yeah, it's yeah. the worst when you walk into a into a cafe and it's got turkey rashes. Like, oh. They are awful as well. They don't taste like they bacon. Are. Just eat turkey. Nothing wrong with turkey. Yeah, just eat normal. You don't need to turn it into bacon. Just leave it out. Yeah. Just eat normal turkey if you. Well, turkey shit anyway. But anyway, let's <laughs> get, let's get on with some good news. As as mentioned at the top of the podcast, we're going to go straight into the good news, and then we're going to finish off with a, a lovely, beautiful story. Uh, orated is orated a word? We'll go for orated. Uh, orated <laughs> beautifully by orated oratish. Oratish. Oratish, like a little bit oratory. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So get yourselves ready for that now. Actually, another thing I learned before we even get into any good news. Apparently, if you just think the word or say the word salivate, it makes you salivate. Does that work for you? No. I'm sat in a puddle here now. (laughs) Although, um, that might actually hold on. Yeah, I can see you on the video. (laughs) Yeah. Okay, let's go on with some good news. Illinois has become the first state to eliminate cash bail. For any Americans that are listening, I do apologise. I might be explaining this wrong. But for any UK people, you don't have a clue about this, so it's fine. Uh, Yeah. So, 
Illinois are now not exchanging cash bail payment for jail release for people that have been arrested and are waiting for their case to be heard um, unless you know, other circumstances permitting uh, just like here because uh, essentially for what it is it disproportionately has a negative impact on not only people of color but also poor people in society so the the craziness that you know some uh, person who's got loads of money can have done multiple horrible horrible crimes just be released on bail because they have money um uh, gisland what's her name uh that woman oh yeah uh, yeah that, that, that gisland maxwell yeah epstein yeah, exactly. as well he paid a big cash bail to get out yeah to do so, more diddling so so they're they're allowed out but you know other people that, that you know mm. at, at the lower end don't have the money to be able to to do those kind of things so it, it disproportionately affects uh, uh, uh poor people and also on top of that like these people have just been arrested for, for for bad things. Do you know what I mean? They've actually been arrested because they've murdered someone or they've done some other kind of horrible crime. And we're just allowing them back out on the streets again? It doesn't make any sense. Mm. I, say, I say we, they're not part of our country. But <laughs> I just think that you know the part where you're putting your capitalistic mindset above the, the, the welfare of your people... I think you've really yeah. got to double check yourself. Um, Let the market opinion. decide how, how safe society is. Yeah, as long as they pay millions of pounds and it goes back into the, the their own pockets. So I think this is a very, very good bill. Um, they're going to be mm. stopped doing that and they're going to await for people to go to their trial. Um, so what the thing is as well, is I know this is a bit of a side note, but I know you can spend up to three years before your trial is even heard over in America in some places. So they've got to try and sort that out as well, speed that up a little bit, um, because there's a lot of people that get arrested on charges and then accept lower charges because they know that they'll at least get out in the next few months and they're actually innocent and then they've got a record for the rest mm. of their lives. So there's a lot of um, issues with the penal uh, code over in America, but... This is a really good start that Illinois has stopped putting money uh, above people's lives. So, the next uh, story is Pakistan passes historic bill banning corporal punishment of children. So, uh, I am going to make maybe a couple of sad references before we go into it because it this, this whole case has been led by a couple of very very bad instances um a boy was beaten to death by his teacher for not memorizing a lesson in madrasa um wow. another eight-year-old girl was uh, beaten at her work she accidentally let out the parrots that she was supposed to be uh, looking after and they beat her to death for it and this happens across pakistan um both children and women uh, are abused uh, quite a lot so the fact that this has come along to you know protect children is humongous um and i'm so happy it's it's finally happened um there is obviously always going to be problems with it you know the bill's been passed doesn't necessarily become law yet and legislation this will take a little bit of time uh, and then 
from there, obviously, you need to then enforce it, right? So it's not just as easy as just, oh, the bill goes in and no kid gets hit again. That's just, that's just not how things work. Mm. Um, so there'll be a lot of teething problems with this. You've got to implement it. And then once you implement something, just, just remember how many people kept on, you know, um, dropping litter on the floor after they put out the fines for, for litter dropping. And still people litter today. So you've got to then change behaviours and the behaviours come from the top. Culture happens from the top and trickles down. So the fact that this has come in is great. doesn't mean that tomorrow no children is going to be in danger. But progress inside of a country that probably has some of the worst human rights laws in the world it's just amazing it's, it's just amazing it's an amazing step forward yeah yeah that you can measure a society by how it protects its most vulnerable people as that famous quote goes and i think stopping the corporal punishment of children is absolutely essential really free to consider yeah. yourself a progressive or progressing and the, and, and, the, and the issue is is, is like you know that that that, put, that man got away with it because yeah, it was um, because essentially they've got a, they had a law in in Pakistan where you can beat children in good faith. So if it's going along the religious aspects, then it's a good thing. So there is it's a weird phrasing that you could do it in good faith, like yeah, you, that you think they're going to bounce or if you really yeah. put your back into it. <laughs> Mad. I've good. I've good faith that this person's going to become a better person after I've yeah. beat them to death. They're going to become a better person after that. Yeah. I'll do. I'll do Alan's work. Um, but look, this is this is a, Alan. This is Alan's work. Yeah, Alan goes around. Should say, bad person. Um, so yeah, it, it's an it's an amazing amazing uh, bill. Yeah. Uh, you know, it, and it's, it has passed, so it's, it's fantastic. But there's still a lot of progress and that's why I couldn't we really talk about it as, as jovial as I normally do because it just it's just sad it, it's a bit sad but mm. progress needs to be made all the time and to celebrate progress will then motivate people to do more so hopefully that's what this podcast is doing like the whole of Pakistan's yeah, yeah. listening to the podcast yeah <laughs> <laughs> uh, is this going back to your sponsorship deal with Osama Bin Laden's bin liners again, isn't it? <laughs> oh, God, we're going to hell. We are going to hell. Okay. <laughs> so, uh, so a great bit of news um, for the trans community coming out of traditionally one of the more conservative and um, back, backwards, really, in this sense, states in America, Virginia. Um, so there is these things called panic defense laws and it's one of those laws that I think is, is British or European people we look at and in kind of horror but that you're allowed to use lethal force in some quite strange ways in America because of their uh, gun laws and how there's a lot of um, cultural angst in protecting them and the panic laws basically mean that if you are uh, worried by some information that you've just learned, not necessarily a threat to yourself, but some information you've learned about someone's sexual or gender identity, you may be given, well, either totally let off the hook or given a reduced sentence for using uh, violent or even deadly force. So to take an example, if you were uh, meeting, meet somebody out in a club, 
you assumed their gender identity to be one thing, you later found out that they were a trans person, and under these panic defence laws you could be given mitigation for violently attacking this person, which is insane. So the, the positive news, the good news is that uh, a bill has just passed, it passed in the state legislation in Virginia, getting rid of these panic defence laws and it's the only the 12th state to have done that so it's wow. it is for a rare occasion virginia is near the top of the pile in this still lots of great. states to go though oh, yeah. still lots of states. it's 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 you know just like the last story it's like it's surrounded by sadness that this the stuff is still going on but it's also <laughs> great that they've got rid of it finally you know got to focus on a, the great bit at the center of it though that this is this is yeah of past. course of course, of course. Um, so, look, fantastic, and, and always celebrate a bit of progress. Um, but crazy uh, that you can just get away with it because someone's gone, I'm trans, you go, kill him! And they're just like, ah, oh, you get a half the sentence because mm. just in case that person that wanted to chop their penis off attacks you. Crazy. It's an important thing so. to start recognising people as equals within the law because, as you were saying before about cultures, yeah. often... You know, set by norms and laws at the top, and and you know, trickles down through society. So, if you know, we continue to other trans people in law, they'll be treated like that on the street too. So, yeah, yeah this is. A I great also step learned forward. something really interesting this week. Um, didn't really take it into consideration to before, um, and it's this difference between sex and gender. Now. Obviously, a lot of traditionalists would be sitting there saying, gender, you're either a male or you're a female. And I didn't know that actually this was because of colonialization. Because we went around and we yeah, got rid of everyone that didn't agree with us and we colonized literally two thirds of the world. And I think if you find a map, there is about two countries in the world that we hadn't invaded. And we colonised the world, and we basically said that there's there you know, two genders, the male and the female. But there's so many other cultures that actually identify gender in a completely different way. And uh, like you know, places in, in parts of Mexico where tribes will call people by different words, I don't know the Spanish for it, but basically it comes down to masculine, 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 feminine, feminine, masculine, feminine, feminine. Mm, so, a bit more nuanced. Um, they have a nuanced way of understanding gender. And so does a lot of other cultures around the world and multiple different genders. And depending on your religious belief, your cultural upbringing, gender is a lot more fluid. And because of that colonialization, it wasn't until this weekend that I started looking at gender completely differently. Um, I, I don't care if you want to call yourself whatever, but I, you know, I was still like, you're very, very female, but it's just, it's gender is made up your sex isn't gender is made up it's 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 what we decide we are mm, it's and a cultural so, label exactly so you know it could have been in the first place uh female and male were swapped and we would be sitting here saying if you if you're female you got a penis if you're a male you got a vagina that's just it because we called it something rather than your sex is 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 your given rather than your gender isn't so um i just thought that was really interesting and i'm mm. going to learn a lot more about it and how we colonize gender which is immense. yeah there's so much there's so much about yeah imperialism and colonialism uh, that it reaches into so many parts of, of 
billions of people's lives around the world to the modern to the modern day. This, and um, there's yeah. also a little fun fact about trans people uh, are much more accepted in Thailand as well because essentially Buddhism blankets uh, all sexuality, so kind of putting things in your body as a bad thing. So everyone was like, "Fuck it! If I'm wrong for sex in any capacity, I'm gonna be who I wanna be." So that combined with sex trade and just being a larger and more accepted part of the economy there. It's just like fine to be trans and it's the same as like back in if only the greeks didn't look after themselves and just keep to themselves because i think the world would in such a better place like all of their writings is about like male gangbangs and stuff like that and it was just great like and people being minotaurs and all this kind of stuff like being all weird and kooky and strange and everyone like fucking their brothers and stuff you know way let's have some fun let's just do some incest like that was yeah. the kind of greek mindset and they, <laughs> they they didn't care and then religion came along and really stubbed that you know bang like no we're not we're not talking yeah. about that there's a lot of that and, and victorian antiquarian censoring greek yeah. myth and history there's a character in greek myth so do you know pan he's the satyr which is someone who's half goat half human i'm and guessing that's where we got pansexual from well pan just means everything actually so like oh. pansexual means all sexuality and a pantheon is all gods pandemonium you everything all the demons the pan but Pan had a little gang of satyrs with him, and they were all massive party animals. Them and the god of wine, Dionysus, would hang out, get shit-faced, you know, traveling into, mm. you know, different places and have parties in the woods and things. And there was one particular satyr who's really frequently missed out of histories of the gods and sort of minor gods and minor deities because of how graphically sexual and overtly sexual his whole life was. He was called Priapus, and his single one defining feature was a massive, constantly erect penis. <laughs> there's there's, there's a sort of old amphora pots and art plates and things decorated with Priapus, you know, doing party tricks with his massive dong, you know, like lifting things up with it and balancing people on it and stuff. But it's a lot of it was was by prudent prudent attitudes. There were people would censor that, it. That would be an annoying trait to have, though. Constantly, how like it would be good to have a massive erection just generally, like you know, oh look, like all the girls want to see it with me. Everyone knows about like my massive dong, but to have it on a constant basis and basically, yeah. ha- basically playing the ring ring toss game with your own cock, and that's your party <laughs> trick. <It's> just... <laughs> there is actually a, a medical condition where you have a, a near permanent or like semi-permanent boner that's named after that Greek god called priapism, and apparently it's oh, agony because you just got I like a yeah, painful, raging boner all the time. And so I mean, you'd never be able to get anything to imagine you go to a job interview, standing up to go and shake the hand <laughs> and just. Oh, you already started about that. that. You already created. I tent. really enjoyed meeting you. I see yeah. you did. <laughs> <laughs> And the sad thing um, is about priapism as well is it's no joke because it must be really awful but no one's ever going to stop laughing about it unfortunately no, it's, no. it's too amusing it as, is a, as a condition amusing. But just to go back to even talking about like white is right kind of colonialism stuff in Troy the movie that came out whenever ago Achilles had a cousin in the movie mm. he wasn't his fucking cousin they were lovers 
They were boyfriends. Mm. They were together. And yeah, even I then, thought that detail was really sad that they missed that out. In a landmark court case, China has ordered a man to pay his wife for the unpaid labour of basically upkeeping the house. So it's a new civil code in the country that's come into effect last month, which entitles basically a spouse to seek any compensation from their partner during a divorce if they bear more domestic responsibilities, including raising the children, caring for elderly relatives, cleaning the house, etc. So, amazing. And, and it was a very minimal fee. It was like £5,460 for over five years. So it's not really like, you know, loads of it's money not exactly but a wage or anything yeah. no exactly but still that's like you know 200 pounds a month and the reason why this is such a big thing is because it is essentially a bill to, to, to protect women really so women on average in china are spending four hours each day in kind of this unpaid labor which is roughly about 2.5 times that of a man so it's a piece of feminist legislation that is going to either do one or two things. Help get men off their asses and go and help out and do some cooking or look after their children rather than sitting down. Or, at the end of their marriage, having to shell out some money to, to, to their wives. So, what a, what a great piece of legislation. However, what a weird paradox China is, isn't it? It's just a, what a strange country. <laughs> like chucking Muslims into gulags and having a credit system where people can't even get an Uber if they buy too much alcohol. But sitting there and going, everyone should share all the housework. <laughs> Don't you men be wankers and sit down all the time. What a paradox of a country that, strange. that it is. Such the Uber alcohol country. thing, like about you know the, the societal rating you have. I mean, taking that specific example of Uber and alcohol, I really want my people who are shit-faced drunk to be getting Ubers and not driving themselves around, thank you. Agreed. Agreed. <laughs> just bought like you know, 10 bottles of wine, I wouldn't be like, you just got your new insurance premium, you're good to go. A couple of bits of sports news. Forest Green Rovers have been the first football club, I think maybe in the world, uh, that has an eco-friendly shirt and kit. they basically making it out of coffee waste. And, um, yeah, so it's, it's lighter to wear. It's completely eco-friendly. Uh, I know that Forest Green Rovers aren't going to probably be changing their kit every single game, unlike the Premier League teams. But for teams like this to be able to do that and then people higher up the chain do that, they're going to, you know, how many shirts and kits people go through every single year. Just someone else to help the environment a little bit more and, you know, Start mm. drinking your coffee, lads, because I think there's going to be more football shirts going to be made like this in the future. And even not just football shirts, you know, there's the amount of, because you know, partly because of fast fashion, but also just even if you yeah. do buy your clothes at a sensible rate and don't, you know, buy and replace your clothes frivolously often, you know, the, the amount of clothes that people need for their lifetime is significant enough that we need to have more sustainable clothing materials. Can't make them all out of polyester all the time and i think the water footprint of like one pound of cotton is like 1320 gallons so that's basically for one wow. new cotton t-shirt you're looking at about 650 gallons of water bloody hell it's astonishing i said i think like i didn't google that as you were talking 
I, I you actually very that. convincingly delivered that like it was off the top of your head to the point that I was thinking like should we check that because is that right if you've just I think I think 1320 was a bit too specific but yeah forest green are becoming more green I'd be tempted to buy the shirt myself but I'm not likely to play a lot of football in the next 40 to 50 years <laughs> till you die <laughs> yeah this is a great bit of wildlife news for you jaguars they um ah. you don't want to bump into them in the evening because no. they will murder and eat you people but, have a preconception that that jaguars are, are black as well but they're not they're, 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 they're kind of a golden yellow color with black the spots and, yeah it's a bit like yeah, a cheetah yeah. but it's but nicer i think they're beautiful yeah patterns. there is actually there is some black uh jaguars but they're they've basically got a, something wrong with their genetic code which makes them all black so it's it's, it's, it's it, they're very very rare it's helpful information if you're walking around and you're like oh shit a jaguar no. <laughs> There's no. a household cat. <laughs> <laughs> the good news about jaguars is that, well, they are an endangered species, but there's a conservation effort to put acoustic monitoring in some of the habitats where they live, particularly ones that are threatened by poachers. This basically means, because one of the challenges is that poachers are obviously trying to avoid the um, you know, gameskeepers, if you like, you know, the NGO anti-poaching people who will try and patrol and protect areas. And it's a huge area to, to look after. So they put basically microphones listening into the into this habitat and they can pick up the sounds that aren't of the natural forest. So if they hear any conversations or gunshots, the engine, uh, car engines, things like that, they can quickly map it and react and send people to go and get the poachers out, arrest them or protect the animals. Uh, amazing. Yeah. Wow. Are you going to do the poaching joke or are we just going to... Is it above you? Have you ever had a poached jaguar? No. It's disgusting. It's much better fried. <laughs> <laughs> Have you ever had a Thanks. scotch jaguar with... <laughs> <laughs> Pork around. A jaguar it. mince around a boiled egg. <laughs> I've just thought of the second idea for our merch, by the way. A Jaguar Scotch S- eggs. <laughs> Jaguar meat Scotch wow. eggs. Well, we better not run into anyone that has this kind of AI shit that's looking out. <laughs> We're going to have to be a bit more sneaky or just go around making Jaguar sounds. I don't know what a Jaguar sounds like, but... Um, Performance yeah. motor vehicle. Well, I'm glad. So... Last bit of good news uh, today before we wrap up and go to Buster's first and last story of this week. So, I don't know if anyone here knows who Casta Semenya is. Um, You're talking to me? Uh, well, that's the Was main that a question, rhetorical question this. for the listeners? Uh, well, do you know who Casta Semenya is? I do, yes. Who is she? She invented Castor Royal. <laughs> no. Oh, you know, she invented the little things that go on the bottom of a sofa to help you move it around. No. She's an athlete. She is an athlete. Third time's the charm. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know how you pulled that one out of the hat without knowing who she was. <laughs> uh, but she is an amazing, amazing runner. Like, one of the best of all time on these kind of middle distance runs. Um, short to medium distance her main ones are 400 and 800 meters um so 
When she was 18, she burst onto the scene. She won gold in Berlin World Championships in 2009. And then she won three years later the Olympics in 2012 on 800 meters. So she also won multiple different other world championships in this meantime. But there's a little bit of a gap between 2011 and 2016 17 because basically when she won the 2012 Olympics, everyone said that she was a man. And all the people that were against her, racing against her, were literally, you can go watch videos and uh, interviews, were crying, saying it's unfair, she's cheating. Now, they knew from her, basically, her passport, her portfolio, uh, which people check for any doping, that she wasn't doping. Um, and they also did multiple different tests. And they end up doing an invasive search to see what gender she was. It was disgusting and it was brutal. And you can only imagine <laughs> how fucking tormenting that is. Mm. Um, I don't like doing, oh, I bet you if this wasn't the case or this was the case, because we don't know. But, and I, I'm going to go against my own rule here, but I'm, I'm betting if this was a man or they were white, she wouldn't be going through this. The fact that she's a black woman is definitely the reason why they've picked her up compared to other, uh, any other athlete. Mm. But essentially what's happened over the time is when they did the search, what they found out was that she actually produced more testosterone naturally than anyone else. And it is just a condition that some women have. What they believe actually is possibly, and I will caveat this because some listeners might get all uppity about it, is that she possibly could be a hermaphrodite. That doesn't stop her from being a woman. Does not stop her from being a woman at all. Um, she does have XY chromosomes, and they, she does have like possibly some male genitalia inside of her, but and she doesn't have no womb, but she has everything else there. She was born a woman. She is a woman, and then therefore should be able to race. If people can identify as another sex and still race and still do cycling and stuff, then surely this woman who got born a woman a bit differently, but things happen. Um, and she's been very unfairly singled out, isn't she? This has been singled out because she was really, really good. She discriminated against, exactly. And then they ended up banning people who have naturally occurring high testosterone from racing. Not every single race in the athletics history, but anyone that wants to run between 400 metres and a mile. Wow. Just well her just, events. They may as well have just banned her by name, just, eh? Just, yeah, exactly. Just her events. It wasn't 100 or 200 metres. It was just her events that she ran. It was, it's fucking wrong and it's horrible and it's abhorrent. So where's the I good news here, mate? This is all sounding like bad news. I'm building up to it. Uh, but there's some crucial points I need to make here. Is that she ain't just sitting at home eating loads of cakes and turning up to this event on the weekend and then going and smashing everyone because of her naturally occurring testosterone. She still has to put in the work. She still has to run out there every day. She used to go training. She used to go out there and push herself. What are you going to do? Start banning Usain Bolt because he was seven inches on average taller than every other racer. Are you going to ban him because he had the most fast twitch fibres of all racer of all time? These things that naturally occur within inside people's bodies is the thing that makes 
me different from you and you different from this person and the reason why they're doing their racing and I'm not like I couldn't just turn up a track against loads of women sprinters and beat them in a sprint just because I'm male doesn't change anything doesn't change a single thing I still need to go out there and race and, and perform and you have to have that kind of natural ability especially with fast speed sports and long distance sports you need to have a natural ability to do it and they need to train on top of that you don't just not train and just go out there and smash it so all this being said i think we're firmly behind Casta semenya and her torrid time that she's been put up with over the past 10 12 11 years mm. basically she's t- gone to the iaaf which is the international uh, athletics something association a federation or whatever whatever they want to call themselves and her tribunal has been shut down multiple different times um and she has now uh been able and accepted to take her case to the european court of human rights they're actually going to be looking at her case from a human rights level and finally hopefully customania can actually get some proper justice um for the basically the shit that she's been put through over the past few years um like she's even willing to go and race the 200 meters just to go to the tokyo olympics which isn't one of her specialisms but she's so good she'll probably just win it anyway but um actually dina asher smith is, is up there with her but this is just a it's, it's a great bit of news in terms of she's finally going to be able to put her case forward from a humanistic point of view rather than just a black and white racing point of view from being unfairly treated um and we'll keep you up to date with it as the story progresses so i'm very very happy that they've accepted her case and they can actually hear her and have a proper hearing about it so that is the good news that you were looking for buster i hope anyway finally (laughs) i was really worried we're just going to talk about how shit things were for caster semenio never going to get to a nice bit so (laughs) i wish her all the best in that case so that's that's really really good well, this is why we wanted a bit longer today, wasn't it, on the podcast? Because some of these things, we, you can't just skate by and just be like, oh yeah, Casa Semenya is finally going to the human rights. No one really knows who Casa Semenya is, uh, unfortunately. We need a bit of flavour. We need a bit of flavour. You need a bit of context. Exactly. And that is it for our good news segment this week. Uh, I hope that... Uh, so much realize, good news. Yeah, so much good news. And we even have more to go. But we can't fit it all in because bloody Buster wants to go and talk. And if you want to get a daily dose of your uh, of these good news stories and some silly ones as well, uh, Odin will be posting them on at That's News To Me pod on Instagram. So go and check that out. So the, this is a story that I like to call Selfish Pricks or Prick Thieves. Are we... Is this a story about us? <laughs> Because yes. I know this story. Yeah. This is a story about two men struggling with their own coherence. <laughs> I heard a woman once got cheated on in China and her friend went round to his house, broke in and actually stole his penis. It cut his penis off. Typically when you dismember someone, you don't refer to it as stealing their penis. It's an unconventional <laughs> way of describing that crime. Tell you what, this guy was yeah. looking at me like a right prick in the bar, so I stole loads of his neck blood with a bottle. <laughs> yeah, he's not He's not gonna look at anyone funny again. <laughs> that is that Maybe is horrifying there. 
This is not yeah, a story about a penis horrendous. theft. Don't don't cheat on someone that likes to steal penis. No. That's just not the way to go about it. <laughs> this, this is actually a couple of great uh, public safety announcements in today's story as well. This is a this is a story for our time, although it's not set in, in today. This is a story from a little while ago. So I'll set it up for you so you know what we're talking about. So we're talking here about vaccines and we're talking about pricks. So we at the moment, we're all waiting for the vaccine to be rolled out to as many people as possible so it can give us back you know, a sense of normality and you know, we can all be released from lockdown. Um, myself, I'm really looking forward to being able to spend more money getting drunk and in a public place where there's more people to remember and document it. I just want to stand up in a pub. It's really weird. That's my number one thing I want to do, just stand up in a pub. And and all of that sort of that promise, this all this hope lies in these little, you know, frozen or refrigerated vials and and vaccines. So this story isn't actually about right now, but it's it's from a very similar sort of time. It's about the vaccine for polio. So Bill Gates well, I just ruined it. I just ruined no, the story. I, just, uh, I thought you were going to say something more than just Bill Gates. <laughs> he microchipped people with cr- the polio vaccine. <laughs> or the, Bill Gates! the 50s equivalent. A huge transistor radio. <laughs> do you do you do you reckon that he called his company after the fact that his small penis wouldn't work? I mean it may be Microsoft. Maybe they, we could Mike say the same about, um, like, I don't know, Steve Jobs' weird fruit-shaped penis. <laughs> that's a good band name, Steve Steve Jobs' weird fruit-shaped penis. Do you reckon that's what Apple of my eye means? It's just <laughs> Steve Jobs putting his penis <laughs> on his wife's head. I'm almost 100% certain that that is the case, yes. <laughs> We're doing one of our famous etymology pieces today, ladies and gentlemen, <laughs> <laughs> Delve into the history of words. <laughs> so, returning back to the topic at hand, we're talking about polio. For a bit of background for listeners who might not be as familiar as we all are, the virologists here at That's News to Me with polio. Polio is a, a virus that in the 20th century was the biggest threat to ballet since vertigo. Um, and worse than that, actually killed a lot of children um, and, and paralysed many, many more. Uh, but at least they had nice smelling breath at the end of it. Yes, yeah, yes. Well, the, um, the, the, some of these children were being paralysed in, in rich countries and that's when the world decided enough was enough and that a, a vaccine had to be found. So there was a race to develop a vaccine and several were discovered and developed and produced. And thankfully today... The reason that I'm having to explain what polio is, spoiler alert, polio has been almost completely eradicated around the world. There's a tiny number of cases every year and it has been considered wild polio. It has been considered to be eradicated in most parts of the world, including the UK. Bill Gates. Bill Gates, yes. Bill Gates. And he's, he's, he's been a part of that too, yes. So lots of um, funding to get polio vaccines into poorer countries that couldn't necessarily afford it. Um, I actually did some research on polio in the UK. Uh, the official NHS advice on this, and I quote, you shouldn't call 999 to ask questions about polio for your podcast. So, right. 
It's a bit of bit of background. Yeah. And don't you know, you can't say that we don't dig deep to find the detail on this podcast. We're putting ourselves yeah. at, and other people in danger to find the answers for you. Exactly. Exactly. Over one person's isn't picked up from the emergency services every year because we are calling them. We are about asking polio. them questions about polio. Yeah. Exactly. So this uh, this this story takes place in 1959 in Montreal, Canada, and just like today, the vaccine for polio was being eagerly awaited, and a large batch of this new vaccine, which is called the the Salk vaccine, and it was named after its creator, Peter Vaccine. It was sitting in the <laughs> sitting in the Institute of Peter. <laughs> Yes, that's why it's called the Salk Vaccine. It's named after Peter Vaccine. <laughs> it's a 75,000 uh, doses of this Salk Vaccine were sitting in the Institute of Microbiology and Hygiene ready to be administered to children in Montreal. The, uh, the little, little Canadian rugrats there. Unfortunately, some, some CADs which I think is the 50s word for back then. Some, Joe, some we had to edit that bit rowdy, out. Are we not allowed to say that? that word in the pod... Well, I'm not should I just put say, that one in the podcast. Should I just say and not cads, and everyone allowed to say cads? <laughs> yeah, allowed to say cads. Look, we're not going to go for the other word. You can't put that in Can the Can we podcast. start beeping words? I've always think we should do more beeping out of, of, of swear words. We could... We could we can do the. You're the one who has to edit maybe, it, so yeah, it's up to you. This is going to be. Yeah. Everyone loves a good. We'll beep, do it. Yeah. for the podcast <laughs> listeners, everyone put their hands up if they want to hear a bleep. <laughs> oh, all of you. Okay, all of you. Okay, cool. Well, uh, done. That's democracy. Good was there. Well, well, the weird thing is, is I, I I did that after you would have heard the bleep. So <laughs> this. this you would have heard the bleep gone off already. <laughs> and the reason why there was a bleep is because he kept on saying the word <laughs> and and Just kept on saying the word We don't pay per bleep, do we? <laughs> <laughs> You're getting paid nothing, mate. Like a telegram. <laughs> you hold up your hands again because you want to hear a bleep of the I can see it. I like this audience Put your participation. Hands down. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so so we've got some cads got... are a, 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 a horrible <laughs> polio. A horrible yeah. word. Back to polio. <laughs> For polio. <laughs> um. So so I was starting at polo. I got really distracted. Water polo there. Right now polio. Um, mm. There were some people who wanted to steal all these vaccines that were sitting waiting in this Institute for Microbiology and Hygiene in Montreal. And so they were planning on uh, organizing a heist, steal these vaccine doses and sell them on the black market for $50,000. That's 50,000 Canadian dollars, so I have absolutely no idea if that's a lot or a little money, but I'm assuming a lot since they're planning a heist. Would you buy a vaccine from the black market, like a stolen vaccine? Like, not a fucking chance. <laughs> <laughs> Could just be water, couldn't it? You don't know what the hell is in there. A big part of medical stuff is, yeah, trusting what's in it, that it's not going to hurt you. Yeah, yeah, exactly. I mean, I don't think I'd even buy so... a black market polo, to be honest. 
<laughs> Some guy I'm say it's going to be minty fresh, but I bet my mouth's going to taste like shit at the end of it. Yeah. It's a shit polo, so they don't even have a hole in it. Yeah, just regular mints. So these guys are planning this heist. When you think of heists, you obviously think of someone pouring over blueprints, creating clever plans. George Clooney's perhaps involved. There's like some sophisticated double bass music playing over the top of a montage of people passing things to each other in clever disguises. Or maybe like a drill going through a wall, acrobats being lured on strings. Um, or like, a, you know, Spanish people being dubbed over. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Whatever floats your stolen yacht. I'm guessing, yeah, like Ocean's Eleven kind of stuff, you know? Yeah, exactly. Um, Actually, do you have any favourite heists? You're a heist man? I do have a favourite heist, actually. Um, It happened about ten years ago Mm. in... I can't remember where it is. Ah, Northampton. Happened about ten years ago in Northampton. And about six men on mopeds thought that they would stop off at the Rolex shop on the corner, get loads of, like, sledgehammers and just whack the windows open and just steal all the jewellery out the front. And uh, a little old woman decided that she wasn't having any of it. And she sprinted up from the bottom of the high street with her bag and apparently she's quoted to saying she thought there was a ruckus and she thought she would then get involved and stop stop the fight from happening then realized that they were stealing out of the rolex shop and she got even more mad and so whilst these people had sledgehammers and stuff she starts swinging her bag around trying to whack them in the head then other people on looking were like bet maybe we should stop this 80 year old woman <laughs> help her out a little bit they end up stopping two of them and end up arresting four and they've they gone to jail and there's a, there's a video of it oh, of a woman running up with a, in, a, in a red coat and she just goes up and just starts whacking them with her bag it's pretty. It's, I, I, um, it's my favourite heist. Of I all am time. so pleased I asked you if you had a favourite heist. I was sort of expecting, oh, you know, I like this movie or other. That is definite. That's a peak heist. <laughs> I love that lady's instinct was like, I think there's a fight going on. Clocks of sledgehammers. I think there's a fight going on. I'm in. <laughs> <laughs> she just. She yeah. She she stopped. She like. She stopped it from happening, really, and they got away with some stuff. But basically, because of this woman, they were like, "Shit, we better go now." And she was just whacking them with her handbag. It's great. Amazing. She did it all on her own. It was great, and it's it's the run up the road. It kind of reminded me of the Only Fools and Horses, where they run along like Batman and Robin, like <laughs> it literally like bottom of the high street kind of thing. Like I'm sprinting up there. Um, oh, that's yeah, so great. great. I'm, I'm definitely looking great. that video up after we've recorded the podcast as well. Hundred <laughs> percent. I'll send it over. It's great. So, the, the, I think then you'll enjoy that this story, this heist, is is maybe more like the latter than the George Clooney organised blueprints sort of a sort of affair. They should have just stopped after Ocean's Eleven, shouldn't they? They should have just made one. I don't remember the other ones well enough to be able to say. So that's probably you might be right. <laughs> Did they do a new one, didn't yeah. they? Ocean's 10? Like a, a Ocean's, lower number? Ocean's 8. 8. Ocean's 8. What happened to the other one? Yeah, 9 and it, 10? It, 
it, it, it, well, I think they just couldn't be bothered to pay women a normal amount Or were they planning money, on doing so they... two more? They were, like, trying to do a, re, a reboot, three, a three film reboot. No, what I think they did was they were okay with paying most of male stars, like, 11 of them, and they probably looked at the women and they were like, mm, don't want to pay them the same amount of money, so we'll just pay, pay for eight of them instead. That's right, it was an all-female Oceans cast, wasn't it? Yeah. Is it any good? Have you seen female, it? Female. No, but apparently it was shit, mm. and loads of women were pissed off because they're like, "This is the pioneering all-female ca- like cast," and <laughs> you fucked it up. I, this heist is uh, is is brilliant. So the way that they performed this is 3 a.m. They burst into this institute of height. Uh, uh, I mean, I oh, I forgot what it's called. This institute. I'm just going to call it the institute. It's got a boring name of height. Virology and hygiene, or something, but they burst into the institute, which has got all the vaccines stored. It's, into it's, it. it's great that you know this story to a T. Well, I just you wrote the institute in my notes everywhere down. I thought I'd just write it at the top. Devil's of that, in but. the detail, isn't it? <laughs> Devil's in the detail. Or <laughs> <laughs> is the detail in the devil? I've, I've looked. Up, I've read a biography about Peter Vaccine for some of these details. This is very meticulous. <laughs> <laughs> So actually, I think my my sloppy telling of the story I think does justice to the terrible the terrible heist. So they burst into this place at three a.m. with guns, masked up, and they um, go to the put point a gun at the night security guard, say to him, "Where's the monkey department?" Right. Already super prepped. <laughs> <laughs> so the, the the guy that wasn't a joke. The, that's, that wasn't the shit that's joke I didn't get. That's, that that's the... what they did. They burst in, guns, boom, where's the monkey department? The guy seeing them and like bursting with guns has gone like, we don't keep any cash here. This is a research institution. Like, there's nothing here. But an answer... Nah, I don't mean a monkey. I mean a monkey. <laughs> but in answer to your question, we do have actually a rather large monkey department. Let me take you there. They get to this, <laughs> get to the where they keep the research monkeys there. Oh, oh, you you didn't want twenty quid. You wanted actual real monkeys. Sorry, let me let, let me take you to the cappuccino closer. Sorry, yeah. <laughs> I got all confused there. You asked for a monkey. I thought you wanted twenty quid. I didn't have twenty quid on me. The cappuccino enclosure is the this is a cafe in the cafeteria on site there. <laughs> what they have instead is a, a cage with five hundred rhesus monkeys in it, and the 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 robbers. Lock the security guard in this cage with 500 monkeys, steal his car, and use his car to steal the vaccines. So they get all of the vaccines in there, pile them into a car in one of the um, robbers' cars, and drive off. That's probably the most elaborate way of distracting a security guard. Yeah, well, you just like, just put a bacon sandwich on the floor or something. On a fishing line, just slowly pull it down the corner. Yeah. Have you seen in Family Guy where they try and get um? Oh, what's his name? Who's the evil guy in Family Guy? James Woods. That, uh, James Woods, and they just have like, oh, piece of candy. Yeah, ooh, piece of candy. Put <laughs> <laughs> that, and then trap him in a box. Yeah, I mean, a lot of them would be. Um, I think snack based is the first thing you're going for, not gunpoint get into yeah. this cage full of monkeys. Yeah. Um. What else would I do to distract the security guard? Um. I, I don't know how smart security guards are. You could use um, a whistle to replicate their security the... guard's mating call. <laughs> yeah, but all that does is make them do the snake dance, isn't it, whilst they're sitting That's on the true, chair. yeah. Yeah. Giving them priapism. 
Um, you know, I would just like, you know, befuddle them, you know, get them really confused. Just go and tell them a riddle. Like, oh, what is the opposite of opposite? Ooh. <laughs> ah. <laughs> or just give them a really good crossword, because I think boredom's going to be a big deal if you're a night security guard. Go over there and yes, give them Sudoku a... Sudoku puzzle. Yeah, an impossible to finish Sudoku. It's like it's done wrong. Yeah. Yeah. Well, uh, Or... Yeah. Or just kill them. <laughs> yeah. They're not going to tell anybody. They're not going to go and no. tell everyone that you walked in and said, where's the monkey department? And you embarrassed no. yourselves. No. And then that is where aid started. <laughs> is that what you're telling me? <laughs> he had to get his... his is end away somehow. No one was coming for him. <laughs> I mean, 500 rhesus monkeys there. Got more than he bargained for, but, you know, yeah. that's the life you live in a cage full of 500 rhesus monkeys. <laughs> but he never thought that that, that was going to be a job, was it? He sits there in a security guard. He's just sitting there just protecting some vaccines. Like, he doesn't really have much to do. And then suddenly some people come in and just chuck him in the cage with the monkeys. It probably wasn't uh, on his yeah. list of things that possibly could go wrong. It may have even been on a list of his fears, actually. <laughs> yeah. So the uh, the guys got away, though, with the with this security guard's car and and these vaccines, thousands and thousands of doses, I think 75,000 doses of the vaccine. And the trail Jesus. went cold. The police had no leads at first. And the main worry here was that this vaccine, similar to the one we have, or most of the ones we have now for coronavirus, needed to be kept chilled to remain viable. Um, this one in particular, I think, had a deactivated form of the virus in it, so it needed to stay cool so that the proteins in the virus wouldn't denature and it wouldn't stop working. So they needed to get, act quickly to find and recover these vaccines. Then there was a breakthrough in the case. An anonymous tip gave the location of an apartment where the tipster claimed that the vaccines were being stored currently. So the police turned up, raided this apartment and found... Because it was the only... Is it because it was the only roof with, with ice on it and snow? Yeah, it's the only, you the only chilled house like, oh, in well, well, Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> with the weed farms in the attic, yeah. He had a, he had a vaccine <laughs> refrigerator in his... And in the, this was in 1959, so like not a lot of people had refrigerators, so... <laughs> No. Biggest electricity bill in Montreal. <laughs> well, they turned up at this apartment and they found most of the vaccines. Almost all of them were recovered when they turned up here. And they were also being cooled in this apartment. They'd been stuffed into beer boxes and placed under blocks of ice to keep them cool. Uh, any idea what uh, had happened to the beer that was in those boxes that had now been filled with vaccines? Did they drink? drink the beer? Nah, it was in the fridge. It was also in the room. Oh. So they'd taken what beer out of the boxes, it? put that in the fridge, taken these <laughs> thousands of pounds worth of life-saving vaccines and put those into the beer boxes on ice cubes in the room. That's priorities, isn't it? Mine just put it in the fridge. <laughs> I mean, you don't want to be drinking a warm beer while you're vaccinating kids on the black market, do you? <laughs> Disgusting. <laughs> It's <laughs> so amazing, amazing little detail from the criminal minds that brought you. Where's the monkey department? Yeah. But luckily, this ha this had actually been enough, and they they tested the doses, and they were still viable. Thankfully, this is the good. This is a great part of the story. Straight away, they found the vaccines, but the culprits weren't in the apartment, so they carried on searching. But this apartment was a big clue. The 
apartment had been rented by a guy uh, called Jean Paul or Jean Paul. It's Montreal, so I say Jean Paul. Jean Paul Robinson. And he was a temporary worker at the Institute, which the vaccines had been stolen from. It's already getting your sort of getting your, your, your poirot tingling. And he'd also paid for this apartment for one week in cash. So that's suspicious as hell. So yeah. the police issue a warrant for this guy's uh, arrest and he goes on the run. Have you ever given any thought to this? What you would do if you had a warrant out for your arrest and you were forced to go out on the run? How you'd like avoid being spotted and recognised or a disguise that might sort of suit you? Ginger? I, th- I, th- I think I'd do the Bin Laden. Just go home. To Brighton? They're not going to think. Just yeah, just go to my house. Do you not remember? Oh, he went his, I thought you meant that caught. Bin Laden was hiding out in your house in Brighton. No. <laughs> so you shouldn't be announcing that on a podcast, man. It's extremely I'd do, I'd bad. Do, let's, let's just clear that up. <laughs> bin Laden isn't at my house. How do you explain all that sponsorship he money from Bin Laden's bin bags then? He hasn't been there for years. Yes. Years. Um, but no, I would do the Bin Laden. I feel like if you go on a, on the run, I think the last place they'd probably look is your own house. They'd think <laughs> that you're on the run. So I'd just go home, play my PS5, crack open a beer that I got out the fridge, and uh, wait for all this to blow over. Well, you and Jean Paul are. <laughs> <laughs> Do not tell me that the stupid thing that I just came up with, the thing that I thought would be the most stupidest thing in the world, he actually fucking did. I mean, and you, there was not even any jeopardy for you there. This man's actual life was in danger of being very, very seriously changed. <laughs> and he's, yeah, he, he, he took a couple of steps. He didn't want to be recognised, so he altered his complexion by adding freckles. He also decided to look like a completely different person by popping on a pair of glasses. Clark Kent, oh, Clark they Kent would style. Never see. <laughs> Superman is that? Oh, no, no, it's just just, just Clark, just Clark. <laughs> um, and and he also hid in the, his shed rather than the house, assuming that they'd be like, "Is he here?" Right, we'll just have a cursory sort of perfunctory look around the house. <laughs> Won't check anywhere like the cupboards or anything. Not going to check in the shed there, where there's like pipe smoke coming from under the door and the sounds of a quite loud sounds right. of a radio playing in there. So he was arrested. He also decided to grow a mustache, which, I mean, for me that's going to be a year-long affair. But even for most people, that's quite a few. That's a couple yeah. of weeks for a recognisable mustache. So that didn't really work out for him. He was arrested. What an idiot! What an idiot! So that. His shed. Yeah. Not. Was he in his house and then he ran out the back? Because it may have just in. been that. Yeah, yeah there was right. a knock at the door. And he quickly freckles and glasses as he ran to the shed. <laughs> 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 the neighbours would have just seen a man quickly changing his shirt in a way. I think they thought I was wearing blue. <laughs> so this is a really strange bit of this case, though. The anonymous tip that pointed to the apartment led directly to this Jean-Paul's arrest, really, because the apartment was rented by him for a week in cash. That's the reason why he was he was arrested. Who do you think made this anonymous tip? Don't tell me it was him himself, Jean-Paul. Of course it was. Jean-Paul <laughs> was 
the anonymous tipster who who blew the case wide open, leading to his what, arrest what, and his embarrassment. Then why? Then why was he trying to hide himself? Did, did he did he go? It's better to own up. And then he owned up. He was like, "Nah, that was a bad thing. I should have done <laughs> that's, that." That's exactly what I think happened. It's not his version of events, but I think yeah, he tried to do the right thing. Got a little taste of it. Was like, nope. <laughs> <laughs> I'm out. I'm putting some glasses on. <laughs> so his his story was that uh, he'd single-handedly intercepted the vaccines from the real culprits. The show me the monkey cage guys, um, who we know are a no nonsense. He had a lot bunch. of time to think about this in his shed, doesn't he? <laughs> you know what I mean? Got a lot of time for sitting in his shed to to really think up a, a good story. Yeah, and he's got and he's gone with. I actually saved the vaccines and then didn't tell anyone. He's gone big with that excuse, yeah. We all know he's a brave man, the anonymous tipsting super super grass that he is. Yeah. <laughs> but he claimed that he'd single-handedly obtained these vaccines from the real culprits and he was planning on selling them to a criminal in a sting operation and then when the criminal turned up, the criminal he said was called John. <laughs> yeah, I couldn't think, couldn't right. think of anything else. This, this criminal John was going to turn up to buy them and he was going to tell the police about that and have like a sting, paha, and catch a totally unrelated criminal. Um, presumably he was going to dob in the real culprits and he was going to return the vaccines. They were going to ha- call it Jean-Paul Robinson Day and they were going to celebrate it every year for the next thousand years. That was, that was his story. But he said that he bailed out of his plan when he was worried that during the police sting operation, if the criminal didn't show up, that the police waiting with him might get drunk and beat him up. So he then decided so to make the anonymous these, tip. So where were these police that he was supposed to have been with? Where were they at this they point? Were, time? They were figments of Jean-Paul's imagination at this point, <laughs> yes. Right. Okay, <laughs> so how did he think that he would get away with such a... You don't bring other people into the story that like, like this guy needed a lesson in how to lie. Yes. You don't bring in the department that you're talking to and saying, "You better, you know, the police were actually with me." They're like, "Who? We run this whole department." And they go, "Ah, uh, yeah. uh, that that guy over there, that's a ficus plant." Ah, <laughs> yeah, doing the old Kaiser says it. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. It's. I mean, saying what did he think was going to happen? I think is giving this man too much credit. I think. He's not really thought about a lot of how this has gone on. No, he he he's, he stole the stuff and he was shit at yeah. it. Yeah, he's basically very bad at his job. And uh, the, the the judge basically, when he laid out his defence, described this story as strange and more than a little far fetched, which is the sort of legalese technical language for you're an absolute bullshit artist. <laughs> but. Not even an artist. He's not an artist. He's, maybe he's a, just a bullshitter. Maybe a contemporary modern, like a Jackson Pollock bullshit artist. Using actual shit. I think I think he's a bullshit primary school child <laughs> that doesn't know how to fucking draw. <laughs> bullshit finger painting. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Macaroni glued onto a photo frame. But the, 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 the sort of close of this, the end of this story and this journey, is that he was found not guilty because because what? of how partly because of how confusing and weird his story and his defense was but mostly because 
they couldn't That's prove beyond reason. reasonable doubt, but beyond reasonable doubt that he was guilty. So in criminal proceedings, you have to be absolutely certain. There's been no doubt in your mind. Yeah. And I think possibly because he'd created this bizarre story, no one can make any sense. Why did he tip off himself? You know, that the the jury couldn't be absolutely sure, and he was found not guilty. Is it kind of like one of those things of like to get rid of a crazy person, just act more crazy? Like he just is just so mental and out there. They felt like he could not have possibly have come up with this okay plan. <laughs> like it wasn't a great plan. He got caught. But it seemed alright. And it was going well until just, he involved he got, himself. Sort of thing. Yeah. He got away with it. He can't get away. He can't. He can't get away with it. I think he might be Kaiser Cersei. But the French, the French Canadian equivalent. But he was walking around normally. That's the problem. Yeah. Um, but the, I, the what this, what is no, just no. It's amazing. Isn't he it? can't. No, he can't. He can't have. He can't have been got, got away with this. So what he's do, what's he doing now? Do we do we know what he's up to now? Just no, don't no idea. I, I mean, I assume he's not in the vaccine stealing biz. He, he might be quite likely dead now. It's 1959. This happened, and he was uh, working at the institute at the time. So, that's yeah, fair, fairly long time. If he was in his, well, maybe he's what a very, very old idiot. man. But. What an idiot! Mm. Well, not an idiot. Actually, it turns out he was a very clever person that got away with a shit crime. Yeah. Incompetent genius. And as a little yeah. detail, in case you were wondering what happened to that security guard, who was locked into the oh, cage, yeah. he was torn to Reese's pieces. What? <laughs> Was he actually okay there? No, he's still, he's still there he? now. They, could, they lost the key. <laughs> they, they took the keys away with him and stole his car and they found it. So, Come on, do we actually know what's happened to him? I, I feel sorry for him. I feel like he's he was He was trapped in the cage for, I think, three hours. He was let out when the people came in the morning to work. They were like, that's weird. The Reese's cage, the monkeys appear to have learned English and appear to be trying to trick people into coming in and letting them out. Probably you want to ignore that. They want 500 fucking monkeys running around the lab all day. But yeah, he was trapped in there until 6 o'clock in the morning the next day when the security guard came wow. to relieve him. That That's crazy, isn't it? Like, the, the whole story is mental. Like, <laughs> going to work at 6am. Yeah, it's the most unbelievable mental. part of it. <laughs> right. Well, guys, I hope you enjoyed the special episode and i hope you appreciate that uh we couldn't have buster talking for too much today uh because we had to really get down to brass taxes good news comes first on this podcast yep. um unfortunately for some uh but <laughs> but for us it does uh we want to be able to spread joy and teach people that actually humans are really cool and they do a lot of really really good stuff in the world so um i'm i'm glad that we're we're trying to push that narrative and, and, and that, that does take precedent on the show. So unfortunately we're going to do uh, one story today, but it was a, a particularly good one. So Buster, do you want to wrap up a little bit about you know what the story was about and what we learned today? Well, we learned a lot of things. Um, and I think I'd like to take this opportunity to do a little PSA that, uh, that Odin thought of when we were preparing the story for today. Because actually... There's a serious note to this, people stealing the, the face masks or people stealing the vaccines back in, in the 1959, is that there's a lot of people trying to scam you when it comes to a, a, you know, a time when we're all 
struggling a little bit more to survive. So just to warn people listening, if anyone's trying to like sell you shit who's not a medical professional, it's 100% a scam. If someone's trying to charge you for a vaccine, 100% a scam. Just be sensible and look at the proper advice that's out there about things like tests and vaccines that come from reputable sources like NHS, CDC, World Health Organization, place there, or That's News To Me podcast. You can trust us. That was a test. If you trusted us, that was a, it was a scam. <laughs> Put your hands down. <laughs> but this week we've aside from that we've learned that if a bunch of people run into your workplace and ask you where the monkey department is don't tell them where the orangutans are <laughs> no I mean no. god the orangutans they would fuck you up <laughs> exactly I hope you appreciate this guys because we, we, we do we do put a little bit of effort into the podcast and hopefully gives you guys uh, a little bit of happiness during your week and we are doing this uh, completely for free right now because you know what we enjoy it we, we, we genuinely absolutely love it all three of us so thank you guys for just participating and, and being part of our journey and so if you could pass this on to a friend and, and try and get someone else involved and and, and cheer up there a week then that'd be really, really great of you but in the meantime i'm signing off with it with a different one today i'm going to make it my catchphrase yeah. uh i'll see you in a senite that's what my thing is what's a senite a senite is a week is the old terminology for uh. it's shit odin said odin said it's shit you have to Google it. I don't have to Google it because I'm telling you what it is. Right? A senite is a week. So a senite is a week and fortnight is two weeks. So my new catchphrase, because no one else has it in the world, is I'll see you in a senite. And so this is I just Googled me explaining to everyone. unique catchphrases that nobody has. And that is the first result. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Uh, it's goodbye from me and I'll see you in a senite. Okay. <laughs> You said it quickly so that you, oh, so that you'd be we'd be less critical. Just gang canny the shit out of this and let's go. And I'll see you in half a fortnight. <laughs> <laughs>